It's all things MMA on KCLR, uh, episode 31, in terms of the podcast and the video side of things. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always by Mr. Miles Price. How are you, sir? How are things? Not too bad, Ken. How is your day going? It's beautiful out there today. So far, so good. Uh, thank you very much. Um, we've uh, plenty to discuss uh, this week. At uh, least of all, starts with a look back at the events of last weekend. For the last time out on the podcast, we had a chat about uh, UFC 260. We were going to be taking a look at uh, Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou with the UFC Heavyweight Championship on the line. My Stipe fanboy was shining through, knowing that Ngannou was going to be some element of a terrifying prospect. We know the result at this stage. We do have a new heavyweight champion. A um, couple of thoughts for me straight off the bat. One, Stipe looked like he wasn't at the races. And two, Nganu looked way more composed, way more relaxed, way more focused, uh, and way more ready for this than I think both of us could have thought last time out. How, how, how did you see? What's your reaction? Well, uh, my predictions absolutely went out the window because I thought it was going to be the same thing all over again from the last fight. So <laughs> that's just MMA for you, isn't it? It's so unpredictable. I mean, his like the size difference was just immense. He just looked like he was just. It looked like a middleweight versus a heavyweight, didn't it? I mean, the it, the it amount was, of muscle big. and size that Nganu has in comparison to. Uh, Steepe yeah. is just insane. Like when when they hit when they hit the official weigh in on on Friday, uh, we had Enganu weigh in at two sixty three, uh, and then we had Steepe weigh in at two thirty four. And I would say I would say with rehydration and everything else, I would imagine Enganu packed on that little bit more than Steepe again by the time they got in on Saturday. Really impressed with his wrestling as well. His wrestling, wrestling. I know we only saw a little bit of the wrestling. But uh, I thought his wrestling was very good. And it just shows his power to rock Stipe with the jab coming forward. Mm. I know it was like a forward momentum jab. So he probably had a bit, he had that momentum and size behind him. But like his power is just, and then and then Stipe just made that error, didn't he? Of thinking that he rocked Nganu. Yeah. And then came back in and he just got, check check hooked and just like out you know and it was it was it was such a short left hook that did it as well it just like you know almost right from his side and just pop and that was it his his legs his legs went his legs went from under him um with with the addition of the wrestling and i know he'd been working with um kamaru usman and he had usman in his corner for the fight like the wrestling was the one that was that was the big question mark coming into this he's able to stuff uh, Stipe's single leg early on. Uh, he, he pretty much kind of shut down the wrestling side of things from Stipe in the in the first round, at least showing that he was ready and and he was able and he was capable. Does this give us a look at maybe a, a new Nganu? So by the time it comes to Derek Lewis or John Jones or a third fight with Stipe or whatever comes next, that Nganu now becomes even that bit more unpredictable he's got the added wrestling his striking is improved his size and physique has become way more way more imposing are we seeing a new Nganu for a, for a new reign yeah uh, I we definitely are going to see a new Nganu I feel going by how he how he dealt with that wrestling now that wrestling exchange was impressive yeah. um, you know would he be able to do that against like say a prime DC like for five rounds mm. that's to be that's to be kind of uh, up for debate like you know so 
so where where do you think then that uh, Nganu goes next, or what do you think comes next for it? Because we we saw in in the aftermath of the fight, there was all this tweeting and all this crack from John Jones going, "Show me the money, show me the money," and then a string of deleted tweets going, "You know, just release me already if you're not going to do it." Dana White was talking about putting Derek Lewis in there. We know it's all talk. The likelihood is is that we're we're probably going to see. John Jones and Nganu go at it. I would doubt it's going to be anything else, really, is it? I think uh, I think uh, John Jones seems to be a bit of a sensitive Sally, you know what I mean? And I feel like that he should. <laughs> at this stage, you kind of think that he's kind of used to Dana's antics at this stage because that's what they are. I feel like that um, Dana's just playing games with John Jones to yeah. kind of. Uh, I feel like he does that because he kind of doesn't like John. And, yeah. he, and he just says these things to wind him up like he makes promises and then the press conferences he kind of makes him out to be like he's a bit afraid and kind of stirs the pot I think yeah. I think just out of his own entertainment I think he stirs the pot and roils up John and then but the, at the end of the day like I mean his business comes first for him and you know a, an executive biggest business decision is not Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou because that yeah. was an absolute disaster last time. Oh, it, it was horrendous. It was it was quite possibly the worst thing we've ever seen. Yeah, and we we know like, you know, in 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 the manner that he put Stipe away this time and in the run that Ngannou has been on as well. I think we're we're really seeing Ngannou's credentials as a main event performer who's going to bring something really really big and that's something that fans are going to want to pay for as well um, second second to that and the, there's maybe one or two other fights that, that are worth having a look at um, Tyron Woodley and Vincente Luque didn't go any way at all to plan for Tyron Woodley he started quite well started sprightly he was you know, way more, way more, um, way more mobile, way more aggressive in in trying to pressure Luke and I suppose show a different side to so a different side to Woodley is is we haven't seen maybe since before he lost the title to to Usman. What's that? Maybe two years ago now at this stage, and then uh, as happens with Woodley, uh, gets rocked and gets rocked quite hard and gives up position on the ground uh, falls to the Dars up against the cage are Woodley's days numbered in the UFC um it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to know like um what way Woodley's career is going to go now I mean he looked like there wasn't really too much said in regards to his performance in the press conference, I mean, Dana seemed to be pretty happy with uh, with how it went for him yeah. uh, in regards to that he started fast, he was being efficient. Uh, and I feel like that, you know, Woodley's just one of those guys we talked about him before is that he's when he's on, he's really on. And when he's off, he's like really off. Yeah. So it, it is kind of hard to know. It looked like it was going to be good for him. Yeah. But, you know, it's the last fight. fight game, you know? like, yeah. And he's not exactly Dana's favorite guy in yeah. the world. You know, and he's not a very and he's not one of those champions that you'd love that you'd be interested in tuning in on the welterweight division about. I think Camaro is kind of the same. I don't think Camaro is a very likable character. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think Tyrone is the same. And in a way, I think uh, I think you know Dana would probably like to see a lot a bit more of a remarkable character like Masvidal. Like yeah. Masvidal, you know. It, doesn't really make a lot of sense for him to jump back in there against Kamaru, but is he a more marketable champion? Yeah, pretty much like, yeah, he's just that type of character, isn't he, you know? Well, we might look at that in a sec, because that is, that is coming up, uh, and it's coming up pretty soon. Um, 
Sean O'Malley overcame his kind of injury doubts and, and any real concerns. He put on a pretty solid performance over three rounds against Thomas Almeida. He had a chance to put it away within the first round and it, it looked like he was kind of expecting that whole quote unquote walk off knockout. He wasn't he wasn't quite sure what was going on. If he had gone in for the finish when he had Almeida on the fence or, or on the ground up against the cage, he could have been out out and done in the first round. Instead he finds himself going through a fairly hard fought second round. He did get the win with the knockout in the third. Um where where do you where do you think that kind of decision making comes comes into play because we've spoken about decision making in the moment and fighters being able to react and and you know different levels of different levels of fight IQ is it is it a cockiness and a showboating thing from from O'Malley where he just thinks you know that this is it I'm I'm going to do it I want another high highlight reel finish as opposed to going in and going my my job here is is to finish it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a highlight side of things or not um um I'm not really too fond of O'Malley as a character, to be honest with you. I think that he is, uh, I think he drifts between cockiness and confidence. Yeah. And, you know, he's that type of character that the cockiness side of him is uh, is the little bit uncontrollable side of him, I feel like is what's marketable. Um, but there's definitely an, an air of confidence about him because the striking is very good. Like, there's no doubt about that, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like, I didn't really like how he handled his last, his loss. Um, he basically didn't see it as a loss, which I don't think is a good sign of a strong mindset. I think he it's a sign of fear of failure, actually. And I think that could be exploited by future opponents, you know, mm. that he's he's very confident. But I feel like if you maybe bring him into some, some dark waters that he's going to fail. Um, but he has obviously going by his performance. I mean, like he has the potential to be really, he's definitely world championship potential. I mean... Yeah. Um, it definitely was a, a, a moment of cockiness when he walked off. It wasn't confidence, you know, because if it was confidence, he would just have been calm, cool, collected. That comes with confidence. And he just would have zoned in, finished, job done, not taking shit personally. I'm not here to look good. I'm here to get the job done. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so it was an air of confidence, cockiness. I feel like that made him, that, that mistake came from. But there's a silver lining to that. I mean, like he still got three rounds of experience in. He sure. still finished the fight later on. Um, is Almeida, does Almeida's record uh, speak pretty loud and his, his uh, kind of stylistic match against O'Malley strategically placed? Yeah, I think so. I think his record looks good, but I think the style is perfect for O'Malley to, to beat up, you know, because uh, records are for DJs in this sport, really. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is styles. Styles make fights, you know? That's just the way it is, like, so. Yeah. And I feel like that style was perfect for O'Malley. Would he do that to the likes of Peter Yan? Not a hope in hell would he do that to Peter Yan. He'd get absolutely clocked. And I feel like Peter Yan wouldn't be silly enough to stand with him for three rounds either. I think he'd take him down to dismantle his wiry jiu-jitsu and just make it a three-round, five-round boar fest and just finish him. Okay, we'll see if, if that if that ever comes to pass. Uh, it'll make for an interesting matchup. Um, you'd mentioned Masvidal and Usman. That's going to be coming up next if I turn my attention to my little screen over here for UFC 261. That's going to be the main event. We've got uh, three title fights at the top of the card. Uh, as, as we record, 
um, today the UFC have just released and it's it's a I, I like I love looking at fight posters it's a glorious fight poster um, but we've got Usman and Masvidal uh, two at the top of the list what, what's the fight poster look like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look at that now. You're, you're gonna need you're gonna want you're gonna want to have a look at this it looks it looks quite cinematic close to Star Wars level of stuff but they've got three title fights uh, on the go they have uh, Kamaru Usman and Masvidal Jorge Masvidal for the UFC welterweight championships the second time of asking for both of them Masvidal dropped the loss the last time reckoned that he had figured out his way and the way to dethrone uh, Usman uh, then we also have Wailing Zhang who's making her defence of the strawweight title uh, against Rosnama Yunus who's back in that title frame again and then Valentino Shevchenko takes on Jessica Andrade for the women's flyweight title uh, three big ones three big ones to look forward to are we going to see and we'll dip into this in, in maybe two weeks time but are we going to see any class of a different result between Usman and, and Masvidal do you think that the rounds that he stood the last time will have made any difference when they meet this time around I think it's going to be a tougher night for, for Usman there's no doubt about that you know and I feel like that um, Masvidal is just one of those guys that, like, I I've always been a fan of Masvidal. Um, I'm 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 a fan of his character. I'm definitely a, 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 I study his striking game a bit as well. I really do like his striking. Uh, not too fond of the fact that he's a Trump supporter, but other than that, I feel like <laughs> other than that, I feel like that I, I I'm a big Masvidal fan, and I and I think. That it's going to be a tougher night, but unfortunately, my fanboy needs to be put to one side. I feel like he's going to probably end up roughly the same. I think, just think, I know that the size difference doesn't play a factor, but again, it comes back to styles. Usman uses his style in a very grindy, grappling way when he needs to. Yeah. And, you know, it's so hard to see him it not turning out the same way it did before kind of, you know, now I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is another kind of, I made this prediction against Stipe and, and Ganu and that proved yeah. me wrong. So it, it's kind of this similar kind of scenario here again, isn't it? It's, you know, the kind of one shot knockout artist, you know, who's very skilled, but you know, that's where he gets all his highlights and he has all yeah. those great knockouts, you know, against the kind of more, savvy experienced in the sense that he's he doesn't really care about grinding out wins mm. masvidal is very experienced but you know he won't put his ego to one side in regards to um you know grinding out a boring win like you know what yeah. i mean he will just choose to firefight each time really you know it's it's going to be a different if it's, it's it's going to be a different setting as well. So while uh, a few of these events have been taking place in the Apex, the UFC Apex in in Vegas, um, two sixty one and and two sixty two, which comes next. So two sixty one is the twenty fourth of April, and two sixty two we'll touch on very briefly, which is coming up in May. Um, these are going to be in front of full houses, so it's it's going to be fan packed. Uh, in Jacksonville, in Florida, for two sixty one, that's that's got to have a that's got to have a big impact on things as well. It's going to be interesting to see the crowd again, isn't it? Yeah, Consi- considering considering what we've looked at for the last year, where we've effectively been listening to to uh, corners go at each other and and throw instructions uh, for over twelve months now at this stage, anyway. So to to see it back in front of a uh, back in front of an actual live audience and a live US audience uh, should make for an interesting turn um, 
uh, last one just to, to stick on the UFC side of things and, and jump ahead to 262 it's been confirmed that Nate Diaz is making a return he's making a return at welterweight and he's been booked to take on Leon Edwards so over the last I suppose by the time that fight comes around in May we were probably a year in the waiting to see Leon Edwards and Hamza Chimaev um, go at it they've, they've had their bout it's a little bit like kind of Tony Ferguson and, and Habib their, their fight has been scrapped two three four times at this stage through a, a myriad of different um ailments we'll say uh but but for diaz and, and edwards you you don't see diaz um uh, coming away with a win on this re- regardless of you know maybe his bank balance will tell a little bit different but but when when the two when the two of them when the two of them match up on the on the chandler Oliveira card uh what what do you expect to see at this stage um i expect to kind of see leon just the same kind of way that Masvidal picked off Diaz. I think that's going to be the, the kind of same way that Leon will pick off um, Diaz. I think he's going to sharp striking, you know, take him down when he need. Now, I, I can kind of, I can kind of, there's a part of me, see, I don't really like betting against Diaz too much because he's just one of them lads that he, he can, if he draws you into a firefight, you're in a bit of trouble. Or he can pull off submissions at any stage on the floor. His jiu-jitsu is just that good. Uh, but, you know, a savvy, like Leon Edwards, the likes of Leon Edwards and the likes of uh, Masvidal, etc., they have high fight IQs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And although Diaz has a good fight IQ, I just don't think he has the same fight IQ as Leon Edwards. You know, he's going to probably pick him off, uh, good distance control, kind of sh- um, mainly uses one to zip in and out and just take him down maybe at the end of a round to win a round, you know. Mm. But he's not going to get drawn into a firefight. And he's probably going to kick a leg off him as well, I'd say, you know. And we're going to see a new lightweight champion as well on the night. That 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 title is, is going to be up for grabs. Any early thoughts? Oliviera. Oh, really? Era, you reckon, you you know, reckon uh, he has, had a, has it in him? Yeah. Um, I feel like that Oliviera is just... Lightweight really suits him, doesn't it? Mm. You know, and well, he he looks super against Tony Ferguson. Yeah, looked brilliant against Tony Ferguson, really good. And I feel like that, you know, Chandler is very good, very experienced, but you know, he's a little bit of a short horse as well. He's he's muscly, yeah, yeah, you know, but he's very small, you know, and Olivier is, and there's there's just a massive difference between the amount of time that Oliveira has been fighting in the UFC octagon yeah. compared to Chandler. Like, Chandler's been in there for, what, two minutes, three minutes? Yeah, yeah. he's fought in Bellator for years. But, you know, I, it's just there's a confidence thing there, I think. You know what I mean? It's like Charles has literally been in the UFC since he was 20 or 21 years of age. He's now 32 or something. You know what I mean? It's a long time. A long time fighting in the UFC. He's gone through a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And nobody has ever questioned his skill set. Like from the get-go, from when he was 20 or 21, he's been a special uh, uh, talent in regards to IQ. His IQ is just, like, he's just one of those guys, you just just watch him all day fighting because he just does beautiful things. He's just like an artist at work when he's he's performing. Chandler is a little bit more, you know, wrestly, I'll knock you out-y kind of guy, you know. And the lack of confidence I feel from the experience he's had in the octagon yeah. compared to Oliveira and the fight IQ. Like when Oliveira goes to the floor, 
he is just so dangerous. He throws up all sorts of crazy shit. When you, if you watch any of his fights, he is just attacking, attacking, attacking. And he uses that concept of um, if he's not sweeping you, he's, he's looking for a submission to create space to get up. You know, mm. so he uses his jujitsu very, very well, a lot like the way Damian Maya does in in the cage, you know, and I feel like that that, you know, you could say that unless Chandler knocks him out, yeah. I can't see his wrestling even being too much of an issue for Oliveira to deal with. I like, look at how he dealt with uh, with uh, Kevin Lee, who's a very accomplished mm. wrestler as well, you know. I think he's going to come out with the win there. Well, we'll be having a look at that in a couple of weeks' time. That has taken place in Texas uh, on the 15th of May. Again, that's going to be in front of a capacity crowd as crowds begin to return to UFC events. Uh, Miles, before we wrap this one up, uh, there was news uh, released earlier this week. Um, Bellator have found a home for themselves in terms of Irish TV. They've announced a partnership deal with Virgin Media, which means Virgin uh, Media 2 and Virgin Sport are going to be showing every single Bellator event uh, live as well as carrying uh, Bellator news and updates between here and the rest of the year uh, we touched on um, we touched on the on the development of, of MMA in Ireland uh, with Tim Murphy a couple of weeks back knowing say from from your participation within Bellator and the, the string of Irish fighters that are still there that are both fighting in the US and are fighting on the European series uh, it can only really be a good thing for MMA in Ireland to get a deal like this. Yeah, very good. It's great to hear that they have a TV deal now. And I feel like that, you know, anything to do with a massive promotion like that, like Bellator and UFC are, are hand in hand. You know, you could arguably say that some of the divisions in, in uh, Bellator are, are, are far more talent ridden than the UFC divisions. You know, it's just UFC is kind of what everybody knows. It's like McDonald's and Burger King, isn't it? You know, they're still the two big powerhouses, just McDonald's being around a bit longer and it's more marketable, isn't it? You know what I mean? So um, I feel like that anything to do with uh, big promotions like that connected to the Irish market is just great. Any any temptation to step back in there if they come calling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'd, uh, I'd go jump I'd jump in there and compete for sure. Uh, we have to be with the, my manager, though, for 100%. So uh, it'd have to be the right deal. Uh, I didn't have the greatest of relationships with Bellator before, uh, but that's understandable, too. There's politics in every game. So I see that uh, Queely is now getting a great shot over in the USA. So that can only be good for me, you know, in regards to coming back after a bit of a long layoff now. So if I do go in there and compete, I'll be very quick to point out where he is and where I expect to be, too. Excellent. Well, uh, you never know. We might see it popping up on, on Virgin Media or Virgin Sport or like they have done in, in the UK as well. They've signed a deal with BBC. So the reach for Bellator from an Irish UK and a European market in general, uh, gaining way more ground. Uh, Miles, uh, if people would like to get in touch, uh, have a word, question anything MMA related or, or training related, what's the best way to find you? Uh, just touch base with me on uh, Miles Price MMA. My Instagram handle would be the best. Cool, good stuff. Well, he's been Miles Price. I've been Ken McGuire. This has been All Things MMA, and we'll do it again next week. Good luck. Good luck.